Never mind. I'm good. It's on? Yep. Zach's back. I'm back. Quick transition. All right. Uh, anal glands. Anal glands. What a way to start an episode. Dude, I had to drain the anal glands on mm-hmm. my dog. Yep. Let me tell you. That was an experience. So, so uh, the anal glands on a dog. I don't know. I actually, I don't know if any other animals have anal glands. That's a good question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I just know that it's very common. It might just be dogs, but yeah. But anyways, it has their smell. It has their it has their unique scent. Mm-hmm. Their musk. So yep. when dogs like sniff each other, they're sniffing the anal glands. Yeah. Or the secretions that come out of the anal glands. And normally, mm-hmm. whenever they defecate, the uh, the anal glands get expressed, mm-hmm. and so the oils come out into the poop, which is why dogs smell each other's poop because then it's mm-hmm. sort of their uh, their email system. Yep. But sometimes they can get backed up if they don't get expressed. And then the the buttocks gets a little inflamed and they'll do the butt scooting and they'll start licking at their butthole a lot. Dude, and it stinks. And it stinks to high heavens. It's it such a unique smell. Mm-hmm. It's like this weird metallic-y, fishy odor. And all it takes is a drop on a couch. Oh, it's real. You might as well burn it. No. I threw my hat away one time because a dog sat on my hat and her anal glands had not been expressed recently. Oh, God. And uh, yeah, couldn't stop smelling it. Couldn't figure out what the smell was. I was like freaking out trying to figure out what the smell is. I was like, it's on me. Like, is it me? Like I was sitting next to my ex-girlfriend. I was like, is it you? Like, is it you that smells like that? And she's like sniffing you everything. smell that bad? And we're like, what the hell? And then finally I like, what if it's my hat? And I take my hat off and there was just... Like about the size of a nickel, just a wet spot on my hat. Yeah. And I sniffed it and I threw it out the window. <laughs> Sorry for littering. I apologize, but I didn't know what else to do. I panicked. Yeah. It's first time I did. It's the first time I smelled it. It was like on a, like a pillow. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this? Yeah. Cause it radiates too. It radiates. You don't have to be near it to smell it. And it, it, it just induces this weird, like visceral sensation inside mm-hmm. of you. Yeah. But of course, like as dudes. What are you going to do the first time? You're going to sniff it more. Try to figure out what it is. You know? You're like, oh. You're like. What? One more time. (laughs) It's so true. I I don't know why we all do that. (laughs) But you smell something funky and you just want to like really take it all in. You got to take it all in. This is why we live shorter lives too. Because if your friends are around, you're like. (laughs) Exactly. Come here. <laughs> smell this. And then you say, oh, God, that's bad. And it's like, hey, what does this smell? Hey, wait, hey, hey Larry, over here. Get over here. <laughs> Dude, I don't know why we're like this. Yeah, but. it's true. Anyways, it happened. And I didn't think of anything of it. And I was like, that smells pretty bad. But it kind of uh, dissipates after a while. And then it came back. And it came back. And I thought, okay, I think this is an anal gland. Mm-hmm. And, that's a yeah, and Rue's pretty good. Like he doesn't really lick things that much. Thank God. Toff licks his Does he? paws, and like, he just licks. Sometimes in his sleep, he'll just lick the blanket. I don't know why. <laughs> You're like, stop licking the blanket. Yeah, because it's annoying at night. Anyways, anyways, <coughs> I was just <coughs> thinking of the smell. <laughs> Easy now. Wash it down with a crisp Blue Mountain Coors Light. <sighs> Brought to you by Coors Light. Um. And so I thought, all right, I can either bring him to the vet and pay 
however much, hundred bucks, probably. Do they really charge that much? Well, I mean, you got to get like a checkup or whatever. Mm. Yeah. I was like, I don't need to go through this whole checkup. I just need his anal glands drained. You can take them to Petco usually and they'll do it. Do they really? Yeah. Oh. I don't think they charge. And if they do, it's probably like 10 bucks. Oh. Well. Maybe 20 with inflation. Live and learn. Live and learn. So I put them in the bathtub. Yep. Gloved up. Problem was, I didn't have... Normally, I have like a stash of like surgical gloves mm-hmm. on hand just because I like... I drain a lot of cauliflower ears in the gym. Yep. And stuff like that. But I didn't have that. So the only gloves I had were those like rubber gloves that you use for cleaning. Oh my God. The Poor ones that Rue. go like mid forearm. Poor Rue. You know? Um, who's that uh, cleaning lady Is it on Family Guy? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know what her name is. Those gloves, though. Those Yellow gloves. Um, yeah. So I put those gloves on. Sorry, Rod. Sorry, Rue. Because they're a little bit, uh, have a little bit of texture on the fingers. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, went in, lubed up, went in yep, and, uh, found the anal gland pretty easy and pushed on it and it exploded <sighs> and it was dripping down and it was probably a good, like almost tablespoon of just this oil that was coming out. And then it was just basically like popping a big butt zit uh. and I wish you guys could see our faces right now. Oh, God. The smell. Dude, I, I do not have a big apartment. No. And uh, it was bad. It was bad, bad. Bad, bad, bad. Did you wear like a mask or nose plug? I just or? had like my shirt over my nose. That doesn't help. I had like shirt over my nose and like rubber gloves in the butthole. Ugh. Draining this out. And then uh, and then I didn't realize that it would... I, I didn't think it was going to be that much or whatever I, I so i just had what? like a couple like um kleenexes a couple of pieces of tissue paper and i thought this should be good no yeah, just wash it no, down the drain no 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 so then i then i panicked right because he's like got it all on his legs ah. and it's just everywhere and it stinks so bad and uh, i didn't want it on the shower curtain or i just I, it, was, it was bad and then uh, he's standing there you know kind of like embarrassed probably because i just yeah. violated him violated him poor rue and uh, so then I just grabbed a towel. I panicked. And I don't have that many towels. So I just grabbed a towel and I just wiped it off. God. And then I realized the the fatal error that I had made. Yep. Um, and you got to toss it. To, yeah, I threw away that towel. But then yep. but then I put the towel in uh, a garbage bag, brought the garbage bag over. And the garbage chute wouldn't open. Because this garbage chute is just like terrible. And so there's garbage, you know. As most people do here, if the garbage chute doesn't work. We'll just pile it up in front of them. That is exactly what my apartment's like. Yeah. So then I went into the elevator. I was going to bring it down, and then it said loading dock is not. It's you know it's under construction. I thought, well, so I just put the bag of anal gland towel secretions in front of the garbage chute and left it. <sighs> and uh, I don't know who the poor soul was that had to pick that that up. <laughs> Dude, I couldn't imagine opening oh. that door. <laughs> Just horrendous. Just a tablespoon of anal gland oil. You know damn well at least three dudes went in there and were like, oh, what is that smell? And that, what is that? <laughs> Still getting in there. They probably walked out and were like, one more time. <laughs> get back in there. The dogs are just immediately angered when they get off the elevator. <laughs> all going for the trash room. <laughs> I mean, I could smell it. Like, I know that all the dogs could smell it. Yeah. Oh, that was so gross. God, I couldn't imagine. Thank God. I've never 
how to do that. Toph is very good about expressing his naturally. Uh. Um, and then there's been like maybe one or two times, but it just happens to correlate with his vet appointments or like a bath at Petco. And I just asked them to do it and they do. And it's all hunky dory after that. <laughs> but dude, animals do some weird, like I, I don't understand. Well, okay. I guess I understand that, uh, that's how they spread their scent or whatever. Yeah. But like evolutionarily mm-hmm. through Darwinism, like how has that been conserved? I don't know. There's, I mean, what is the use of it now? I guess communication, but still they're pretty domesticated at this point. Yeah, they could probably come up with some new system. Comparative biology is wild. What is that? Like uh, comparing the biology of different animals. Mm. So like the like within the physiological societies, there's Rue is full spluted right now, which is when they <laughs> stick their back legs out and stretch their hips. Um, anyways, in the physiological society, there's like a comparative biology section where they study like seals and whales and dolphins and dogs and cats and frogs and turtles and and they just compare the biology of the basically like you know what makes this animal special there there can be some cool things like some animals have the ability to like regenerate hearts and so you can sort of isolate the heart figure out what it is that's different between this one and a human heart and then Mm. take some of those things that are allowing that heart to be regenerated and like put it into a human so you can start to figure that stuff out it's kind of crazy. You know? Yeah. So there's like, there's benefits. There's like really good benefits. And like, we learned a lot about, um, a lot of, about neural networks from the stomatogastric ganglion of the crustacean. Wow. Which is the lobster stomach. Mm. Okay. Cause the lobster stomach is, it's called a putative central pattern generator. So it's basically, um, like it creates these rhythmic neural oscillations, mm-hmm. but there's only like a, like 30 neurons or something total. And so you can like, uh, you can assess every cell at the same time. So you can look and see exactly wow. how that entire neural network works. That's Whereas like dope. in the human, there's so many cells, like you can't get a idea of the whole thing. Yeah. You're just sort of subsampling and extract or extrapolating out. But damn. But anyways, I was at a talk when I was at, uh, when I was in LA, um, best talk of the session guy from, our house university over in the Netherlands and uh they study giraffes could you imagine doing research on a giraffe probably terrifying yeah they're gigantic you ever seen two giraffes fight yeah they just like whip their necks so crazy love it anyways continue did you know that that if they stand up too fast they faint same yeah (laughs) same because like when they're drinking water like Mm -hmm. all the blood you know how much blood you can fit in the neck probably a lot there's no more there's no more blood left for anything else yeah yeah and so giraffes actually have out of all the mammals have the highest blood pressure do they really yeah normal human blood pressure mean arterial blood pressure is like 100 millimeters of mercury mm-hmm. which is what the math comes out to for like 120 over 80 yeah um but giraffes are like 300 jesus because there has to be so much pressure to pump that blood all the way up there i guess i didn't even think of that yeah I guess I don't really think of blood pressure in animals, though. Yeah, that's so. true. But it's crazy because in order to do that, the heart of a giraffe is so thick. Like the like the the thickness of the heart wall is like from 
your base of your palm to the end of your fingers. It's like this thick. Jesus. It's like a, it's like a, that's a big stake. Yeah. Because it has to, like the muscle has to be so strong to create enough force in order to shoot the blood all the way up there. Damn. And so the, I uh, would have thought of that. Yeah. So giraffes are essentially living with a non-pathological left ventricular hypertrophy, mm-hmm. which is like a left ventricular hypertrophy is like when the hypertrophy is just like growth of a muscle. Yeah. And when it happens in the heart, it's left ventricular hypertrophy. If it happens in the left ventricle, which is where like the majority of the blood shoots out of. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but it can be a risk factor for cardiac disease. For giraffes. No, no, no. For like humans. Mm. But giraffes have adapted so that way it's not, you know, it's not a bad thing. Because they need it. Because they need it, right. Yeah. And so you can see how their cardiovascular system kind of adapts to that thing that is normally bad for us, but it's not bad for them. Wow. <clears throat> Pretty wild. Learn something new every day. Yeah. But very animated speaker guy. And then uh, there was another one on dolphins. Dolphins are weird creatures. Yeah. They did dolphins and like these weird dolphin-esque whales. I don't remember what the name of them are, hmm. but they're like a, it looked kind of like a mixture between a dolphin and a manatee, but there's some kind of whale and there's only like a very small population of them. I feel like I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I and, uh, yeah, but they, they were doing some like skin biopsies or whatever and looking at some genetic factors. And I always get a kick out of though, cause, uh, some people will ask a question, mm-hmm. you know, in the audience after we're, after they give the talk, then there's some questions that can be answered or whatever. And someone came up and asked, you know, why haven't you done X, Y, Z looking at the internal physiology of the dolphin or something? And the answer is always because it's a dolphin. Because it's a dolphin. You you want to uh, suggest how I get that information? Yeah. Just Somebody get in there and slaughtered an endangered, endangered animal? That's what they want. <laughs> That's what science needs. <laughs> We need less animals to study. Yeah, they're like, you look at the kidneys of the giraffe, and they're like, what do you want me to do? Kill a giraffe? Just to study its kidneys. Just to study its kidneys? Well, that's not going to work. That's uh, also another consideration I wouldn't have thought of. Yeah. I mean, the lab that I was in did goats. Mm-hmm. and uh, But before a goat, they did the ponies. Oh, yeah, you told me that. Yeah. But then the ponies were allowed to just like live on the farm afterwards. So you do all these like neurotoxin injections and like cut the carotid bodies which is like where they sense oxygen mm-hmm. and so there would just be these ponies running out in the field and you just know all messed up half a brain in that one no carotid bodies in that one yep you know it's like walking down third and pike yeah there used to be a pony that was named sparky mm. uh, because, name. yeah well they did uh it did essentially like it, it's kind of like a decerebral preparation where you essentially like somewhat sever most of the connections between the brain and the body anyways it paralyzes them Mm -hmm. temporarily but then they regain their ability to walk and uh but for some of the studies you have to sort of in the beginning you have to stimulate some of the muscles to get them to to walk yeah and so you can implant like electrical stimulators Mm -hmm. essentially and uh but this one was so lazy like it was the, the laziest pony that's ever been produced on this earth sparky was sparky did not want to walk would not walk like come on sparky just being fed like just walk and so they would just turn up the stimulator more and more and more and eventually sparks were like (laughs) (laughs) 
coming out of the bag. <laughs> Is that why they named him Sparky? That's why they named him Sparky. God. I get it, though. Yeah. No, it took Sparky a lot to walk. I get it. There's some people that are Sparkies. Oh, there's a lot of people that are Sparkies. Yeah. I mean, oh. I'm kind of like a Sparky one. Not really. Actually, I move, I move around a lot. But. Yeah, I try and move around a lot. Yeah. Go kind of crazy if I sit for too long. Yeah. Like being sick. The worst part about it is that you're just yeah you're just laying there. laying there all day long yeah horrible. So that's the the comparative biology is pretty wild stuff. Comparative it's biology pretty it's pretty entertaining actually I sometimes I think like maybe I should have been a comparative biologist. I mean there's still time. I mean there's still time but like you, you can, can have three PhDs. Yeah. <laughs> Why? I, I mean I have the the PhD that would be required for it anyways. Oh my yeah just apply. <laughs> yeah. Start off as an intern. Just like NSF funding, National Science Foundation funding, yep. which is because like most of our funding comes through NIH, mm-hmm. which is like National Institute of Health, which is mainly health focused. So most of the research has to be towards like a disease. Yeah. You know, whereas NSF is a little bit more flexible in that. They're want to find shit out They're Yeah, they're they're sort of um, still funding some of the research that's just like trying to understand the world. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. It'd be kind of cool. I mean, there's still time. How there, old are you? 30? 31. One? Okay. Yeah. See. There was, though, a crazy talk. One of my friends, uh, he's a chair of physiology at University of Alberta. Mm-hmm. And uh, he had gotten an award or a lifetime award or whatever. And so he was uh, given a presentation about his basically his work, you know, his yeah. scientific work from when he started until where he is today and he did a lot on um coordination between breathing and muscle movement mm-hmm. so like whenever you're running or something like that you have to be able to coordinate your breathing with the movement of the muscles so that way you make it the most efficient because yeah. you know it doesn't make sense to contract your abdominal muscles at the same time you're trying to take a breath because it sort of counteracts each other yeah and so they used animal models and they used birds uh because birds you know they fly yeah and so the the flight of a bird is is somewhat of like a a rhythmic oscillator. You yeah. Know? So once the flight starts, it's more of like an automatic kind of thing, mm-hmm. and it has so it has to be coordinated with the the breathing pacemaker, if you will. Yeah. And uh, so they used geese, Dude, geese Canadian geese, and um, and so I guess he would hatch these goslings, and then. <laughs> Make sure that he was the first thing that they saw so that they would pair bond, you know, mm-hmm. or not pair bond. That's weird. That's, that's like mating, you know, whatever they would imprint. There we go. He thinks that they're mama bear or they think that he's mama bear. Yes, exactly. Mama goose. Yeah. So they would follow him around, do everything. They just trusted him or whatever. And so he just had a gaggle of geese that was his own. And, uh, so he would hook them up with like these little breathing they call them thermistors, but basically like you can put a little thermal sensor in the nose. Mm-hmm. And so you can b- pick up breathing because it gets colder when you take a breath in and it gets warmer when you take a breath out. Mm-hmm. And they're actually incredibly accurate. <laughs> Hell of a device. Yeah. And uh, so then he would have to try to get the geese, the geese to fly. And so you like teach him how to fly. So he'd like run in the field, flapping his arms or whatever. And then there was, this was all on video. I didn't believe it at first, and then there was these videos, and I thought, this is amazing. That a human could teach a goose. Yeah. That's the, wild. Yeah, but then they, once the, I, I didn't realize geese can fly up to like 80 kilometers an hour. Yeah, they're super fast. That's fast. They're terrifying, too. Yeah, and so it started, he would start on a, a bike, and so he would get going on a bike with a goose under his arm, mm-hmm. 
and then uh you know pedaling with one arm or whatever and then yep. he would throw the goose up in the air and then the goose would follow him on the bike and then eventually they got too fast and so they did it on the back of a moped and so they were just on the back of a little motorcycle and the goose would be just you know flying right at them that's crazy yeah and then they'd finish and catch the goose and do it again damn See, this is what I mean. Comparative biology is yeah, that'd got be it way better. On. Yeah, it's some fun stuff. Because you're just learning. Like, you can just have a stupid idea and be like, "Yeah, yeah, it, let's test it." How do frogs hold their breath so long underwater? Done. Great question. Let's figure it out. Yeah. Did you know naked mole rats, like for example, don't respond to CO two? What? Because they're a burrowing animal. I guess that's fair. So if they had all the effects that we had with CO two, then that wouldn't be good. Because in their burrow, they can't really purge a lot of the CO two out. Wow. See, See, these are the cool things that you can understand. Yeah. My, actually, my postdoc advisor, before moving over to mammals, studied uh, locusts, like flies. Locusts. Yeah. Yeah. And we have someone in the lab, actually, that studied honeybees hmm. prior to switching over to mice. I, I feel like you need to make the switch. <laughs> like, you might as well. What do you got to lose? Yeah. I mean, that's true. You just, you know, eventually I have to make a living. Yeah, but like, does all your time reset? No. See? So. No. I'm thinking like if we can do it in parallel. In the lab, if I can have like a secondary study group going on. Mm -hmm. Geese or whatever. You probably do that. Morning doves. Also, there was someone that gave a talk on pigeons. Oh, dude, pigeons. Did you know that pigeons like don't get fat? I feel like I've seen some pretty fat pigeons. That's what I thought too. How do they not get fat? I guess birds don't get fat. Like I've seen some big plump, but think about it. Like think about the chickens that mm-hmm. like uh, get overfed and just like whatever. They just like shove the food. That was pretty desensitive, but whatever. Yeah. Whatever. The 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 commercial raised mm-hmm. chickens where they just like shove food down their throat. Yeah. To fatten them up as you will. Mm-hmm. But think about it. Like it's just the chicken breast that gets bigger. And like the thighs and stuff. Like it's a bigger piece of meat. It's not a fattier piece of meat. That's kind of crazy. You know? I never thought. So. So like they they store more glycogen, I guess. Mm. So like they have these like not unlimited, but relatively like unlimited stores of glycogen. And so they just store more and more and more glycogen, which then, you know, can help to make the muscle and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I thought the same thing. Like the first time she presented, I thought I've seen some pretty fat pigeons yeah, Seattle. they're big. Yeah, because they're eating like fries and whatever, mm-hmm. and a lot of the homeless people throw them bread. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that kind of changed my mind on pigeons. So they're just getting big. They're not getting fat. Yeah. So they were, anyways. They were trying to study what they can learn from the pigeons mm-hmm. um, to use it for an obesity cure. Yeah. Could you imagine if everything that you ate just went straight to muscle? Oh, God, that like is the my only dream. thing. Literally, the only thing that you need, like. What separated you from the most muscular person in the world is just eating. Yeah. Yeah. More you ate, the bigger, like more muscular. I which, yeah, I get it. Like the more you eat, the more muscular you get, obviously. But you got to be, you got to do this. You got to have the stimulus and a lot Mm -hmm. of it's going to go to fat. Yeah. Until you can shut it off. But yeah, that's wild. Yeah. Never would have guessed that. Never would have thought of that either. That birds don't get fat, but it's completely true. I know. This is why I love those comparative talks because you get there and it just changes your mind. They come yep. up with this stupid, simple question. Yep. And you sit there and you think and you go, wait a minute. Yeah. That's a damn good question. It's like, I don't know how that works. I don't know how that works. 
yeah, yeah. that's uh that's impressive yeah man i think you should do it you know work as a lab tech yeah work as a lab tech <laughs> why not what do i have to do Just what do there i with get a to kind do? of angry geese oh see <laughs> have you ever seen inside a goose's mouth before oh i saw those pictures online it's kind terrifying. of wild terrifying i don't like geese at all can't stand them have you seen the inside of a goat's mouth no oh, you're in what's up with that? i'm gonna look this up right now for you i mean because i studied goats and um we had to put like um breathing tubes mm. yeah we had to we had to intubate them and uh First of all, goats don't have top teeth. They just have like a hard plate. Oh, I did know that actually. Yeah. Which fun I think fact. You told me that. Yeah, it still hurts though when they bite you. Oh. Well, yeah, because the bottom jaw is the one that moves. Where is it? But they have these like things that kind of help break up the hay. Mm-hmm. Why is it not showing you the inside? I figured like. Inside goat mouth, goat Google images would have been put inside of goat's mouth. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's try that. Come on. Mm, no, that's not a good one. Wait. Yeah, there you go. That is crazy. It's like all these little spikes on the side. There you go. That's what inside of a goat's mouth looks like. Why? What are those used for? It like helps break up the hay. Oh, that's what you're saying. It's like all these little spikes on their che- like their whole cheek is just lined with these spikes. That's wild. And if it if they catch you, wow, it hurts. Are they um sharp? Yes. And like they're stiff, they're not just like little Uh no, they're they're somewhat labile. Yeah, there's the cheek. That is crazy. Yeah nuts first time i saw it i thought the goat had like worms yeah it looks diseased yeah so word to the wise do not stick your hand in a goat's mouth never planned on it but well i really don't know now they got wild mouths and they carry chlamydia a lot of them do so also something you didn't (laughs) (laughs) you didn't know but goats are very high in chlamydia wow and Q fever. Q fever. You got to watch out for Q fever. It's mainly like the amniotic sacs, though. So, like, when the, sometimes we would get a pregnant goat, mm-hmm. and then it came in, and there was a goat fetus that was either born or aborted or whatever. And um, you had to kind of hazmat suit up. Otherwise, you were at risk for Q fever. That's crazy. Yeah. So that's, that's that. Damn. Learned know. so much today. So much. <laughs> I'm going to be showing everybody inside of a goat's mouth now. I do it. Have you ever seen oral myiasis? Nope. Oh. Do I want to? Because I think that's a better question. Uh, what is the actual? I'll show you a picture first. So for anyone, look up oral my, myiasis. M-Y-I-A-S-I-S. Uh, it's some sort of like bacterial fungal... Oh, God, that is horrendous. But it, like, ends up taking over, like, the skin. It just, like, eats a hole in your face. Jeez. It's pretty gnarly. That is horrible. Isn't that bad? How does that even happen? Um, What is the etiology of it? 
Let's look up oromyiasis Wikipedia. It's a parasitic infection um, of the body of a live animal by fly larvae that grow inside the host. Well, feeding AKA on a maggots. tissue. Huh? I said AKA maggots. Yeah. So like the fly comes in, lays the egg in your cheek, Mm -hmm. and then uh, the the fly larvae take host in your cheek, and then they keep themselves alive by eating the flesh. How do you get rid of it? Because it seems like you could just get rid of all the larvae and like clean your mouth. I don't know. What's the treatment? Treatment, diagnosis, diagnosis, prevention, treatment. Um. Oh, in many circles, the first response to cutaneous myasis once the breathing hole has formed is to cover the air hole thickly with petroleum jelly. Oh, interesting. So basically, like, when larvae form, mm-hmm. it's almost like a little, like, a nipple almost. Yeah. Where it has, like, a hole, and they breathe through that. Yeah. So you can cover it with petroleum jelly, which Blind then suffocates oxygen. them, and then you can pull the larvae out. That's insane. Ugh. Could you imagine? Uh, no, I couldn't. And then slow release boluses of ivermectin. It says wild. Yeah, that is disgusting. Yeah, I've never had to deal with that, but thank God. Rural medicine is underappreciated. Yeah, that is nuts. I know. In in Maddie's curriculum, they had like a uh, what do you call it, like an extra class you can take? An elective. Yes. An elective um, for like rural or like uh, I want to say backwoods medicine, but it's not backwoods medicine. Like wilderness, rural medicine. Same thing. Which that would be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, that's the stuff that's like, is there a doctor here? You know, when someone asks. Mm-hmm. You raise your hand. You'd be like, yes. And in this situation, because it's one thing to be able to like treat stuff in a clinic. Yeah, when you have everything available. You have everything you need, but it's a whole different ballgame when you got to treat stuff without the proper tools. Mm-hmm. Like if you got to trach someone with a pen. Yeah. Wouldn't recommend. Would never do it. Also, did you know how bad stomas smell? Nope. Yeah. Well, like if you ever intubate, not even intubate, but put in a tracheostomy. Mm-hmm. So like intubation is like when you go down through the mouth. Mm-hmm. So you just stick a tube into the trachea. Yep. Whereas tracheostomy is where you cut a hole in the trachea yeah. and stick the tube down there. And, uh, but you got to like cover the hole or whatever, or sometimes you need to keep it open. So you put in a tracheostomy hmm. and, uh, we did this in the goats sometimes cause we did a procedure called a carotid body denervation. And so you cut the carotid body so they couldn't sense oxygen anymore. Yeah. And, uh, when you did that, oftentimes you needed to tracheostomize them. Just because sometimes their airways would not function properly. and um, But you had to go in every day and you had to clean it out. Uh, and it was just like, it's kind of no. pussy. and Sounds disgusting. Yeah. Sounds like a lot and of it's like fuckery. it's like fermented foot. hay. Uh, I mean, in humans, I don't think there's fermented hay. There might be, depending <laughs> on what county you're in doing this. <laughs> Snohomish. <laughs> if you're in Snohomish, there might be some hay lodged in somebody's <laughs> trachea. Yeah. I don't know. That was bad. Medicine and biology and all that. Crazy. Yeah. Totally outside of my realm. Yeah. These are the things you learn at the conferences. I should just show up. Can I just show up with like a visitor's badge? Yeah. I mean, it's like a hundred bucks for a visitor. 
That's fine. A hundred bucks for a visitor. If you register yourself, it's like five fifty. Five hundred fifty. Yeah. But I have to give a speech. No. Can I give a speech? Mm, yeah. Next year, <laughs> see you at APS. <laughs> I mean, you gotta like submit an abstract. That's fine. That's fine. Bullshit my way through an abstract. What are you gonna present? I don't know. I got a year to figure it out. Though. Uh that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll come up with something. Yeah, I don't see why not. People bring like their significant others. They yeah. attend talks and stuff like that. Yeah, I would love to give a speech to like a room full of scientists. Yeah. Just with absolutely no credentials. Hi, uh, I'm Zach. Zach. And uh, I'm going to be talking to you today. <laughs> I would make it like an AR thing, like augmented reality. Uh, everybody put on your glasses. Put on your glasses. If you reach below your seat. There's VR goggles. Everybody puts them on, and then it's just madness. Madness ensues. Yeah. It'd be so dope. I say you do it. Yeah, I don't know what I'd give a speech on, though. Honestly, but. some of the... I was just at the the sixth annual SID Summit, which, morbid topic. Sudden infant death syndrome. Very morbid. Very morbid. Um, and actually, we're going to have a podcast with the organizer, and uh, that is the... President of one of the SIDS, the major SIDS foundations. Oh, wow. And, um, but anyways, uh, I, I think a lot of people don't realize how much effort Microsoft puts in for, uh, like, health research. Mm. So, like, their AI for better health and stuff like that. Yeah. But some of the best data that comes out is from, yeah, you know, just the data science guys mm -hmm. and gals because they have no, like, preconceived bias. Yeah. They just take the CDC data and just put together anything that fits. And they can find some wild trends. Yeah. You know? I don't know. You're up next, though. That's where you're going for the no, SIDS conference? No, I, I, I was already there. Oh. It was right after. It was it was a kind of a busy week because it was... It was... Um, San Antonio, LA, and then SIDS. Yeah. But at least SIDS is in Redmond, which is just better. here. So it takes yeah. like an hour drive or whatever. Yeah, it is. With traffic. Yeah. Yeah. But the Microsoft campus is crazy. Yeah, it's super nice. They got like the Xbox Research Lab, which is pretty cool. Yeah. So, and the best food. At the actual yeah. building? Yeah. Oh, the Microsoft cooks know what they're doing. I look forward to these yeah. breakfast sandwiches every year. Oh. I don't know why. I'm not a big like breakfast sandwich guy but wow are they good dude have you ever been to the uh food truck that parks behind whole foods yeah on thursdays they're not there Sunny anymore up? they are somewhere in west seattle did they move uh i'm pretty sure because i have a friend that sunny still up. lives here i think it's called sunny up yeah fantastic page on instagram crazy best breakfast sandwiches i've ever had yeah like by far but um man i should apply at microsoft yeah. That's what I should do. I should apply. I got a buddy that's a VP there. Um, he probably could not pull any strings and he probably wouldn't, but yeah. man. They got a taco bar. You say taco bar? Taco bar. Oh, really good. I would get belligerent. They have like bar. these refreshment centers mm -hmm. where uh, they're just like these coolers. Full of kombucha. Fridges just full of all, like whatever drink you can think of. Yeah. And then unlimited like coffee, energy drinks even. Yeah, it's kind of wild. Yeah, they keep you going there. They keep you going. 
And then they had some herb crusted chicken or something like that mm-hmm. with saffron potato salad. That's when you know it's fancy. When you put saffron. If in. you put saffron in the potato mm-hmm. salad. Because, you know, if you eat potato salad with and without saffron, I'm not sure that you would taste the difference. I mean, saffron is a very specific type of is it? herb. Yeah. You have to prepare it properly, too. You yeah. can't just, like, but sprinkle you have to, saffron onto something. But do you have to have, like, a somewhat of an advanced palate to be able to pick that up, or no? I mean, probably. Like, no. most people can't really detect, like, if truffle is in something. Right. Or, like, a bay leaf. Like, yeah. I've never eaten something and thought to myself, wow, this is missing bay leaf. Yeah. Yeah. It just it adds, like, a, a layer of depth to it that you won't get without it. Yeah. So, like, if you cook something with a bay leaf, yeah. everything is more well-rounded. Like, if you season your food yeah. all you want, but you don't add any salt to it, like, yeah, it'll taste kind of fine, but there's going to be something missing. Yeah. And you just add some salt to it, and it, like, ties everything together. Yeah. There's certain things like that that just layer. That's what Maddie says about me. Yeah. It's like, it's all, there's just... Something missing. There's something missing. There's a lot there. Yeah. But it's just... Eh something is off something's off yeah we don't know what it is probably calf muscles but (laughs) (laughs) could be anything let's be real could be anything (laughs) probably your calf size though calves calves yeah i gave up don't we all all right should we wrap this up yeah let's do it okay uh do the outro (laughs) rss the normal one oh the rss.com yep Slash Neural Network. Uh, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio. Actually, I don't know if we're on iHeartRadio. I was going to say, iHeartRadio. We might be. I th- it has it in the directory. Okay, so maybe. So we might be there. Who knows? Stitcher, I think we're on that one. Never heard of that. Used to be big. but Back in the day. Back in the day, yeah. Anyways. But you know where to find us. You know where to find us. Have a good week. Have a good week. Oh, yeah, because this will come out on a Monday. Yeah. Yep. Have a great week. Okay. It is a beautiful sunny day in Seattle, so. Yep. One out of the three that we get a year. Yep. Enjoy it. Enjoy your week. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Cue the music. Bow, bow, bow.